0: Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. So here we are in Luke chapter 2 verses 36 through 39. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, Worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, Jesus, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we come to you this morning thankful for what you've done Thankful for your word that draws us into what you have done for us. We pray that as we sit with your word to us this morning in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Jesus, that you would open our hearts to hear and receive, that the words of my mouth would be pleasing uh, and glorifying to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So the feeling of deja vu... Right? I don't know how you explained it or if you believe it's a thing or what kind of a thing it is. I don't know. But I think, you know, we the, the feeling, uh, the summary I'm going to use is the sense of, like, we've been here before, right? You're like, wait a second. I've, I've been here before. Many of you felt that yesterday, the Chiefs winning a playoff game, right? I did see. I just want to clarify. I know Mahomes and all the things and Nadal. I didn't want to just give the wrong impression here, but... Uh, right, you, you like we've been here before, winning in the playoffs. We've also maybe you had the feeling yesterday we've been here before. Chad Henney coming on right in a clutch moment uh, for a drive in the playoffs as the backup. Right, deja vu. We've been here before. But if maybe sports aren't your thing, maybe they are. But Shakespeare is also your thing, right? <laughs> Just want to make sure we sort of cover all of our bases here. Shakespeare in his seventy-sixth sonnet says, "Oh no, sweet love, I always write of you." And you and love are still my argument. So all my best is dressing old words new, spending again what is already spent. For as the sun is daily new and old, so is my love still telling what is told. Deja vu, we've been here before. I I do think sometimes at Park City, it's that kind of sense. We're just saying the same sort of old thing again. The good news of the gospel, God's gracious word and act in Jesus to and for you are old words. We try to say new each week. We we are dressing old words, new deja vu. We've been here before. I think um, in our reading of the passage this morning, quite literally in the text, like in the story of Luke's gospel, if you were here last week or you're familiar with it, you, you literally get, you, you literally sort of get a, a, the sense of like, we've been here before because we, we, we have, we were literally here before in this moment, in the story, we were in this place, in the temple, with this family, with this baby, we were here, we had an interaction with an old gentleman named Simeon, and in this same sort of scene, we we, we bump into sort of reliving this kind of experience, again, it's all, it almost feels redundant in Luke's gospel as he tells us the story, this moment with Simeon and, and the baby Jesus, and now Anna, right on the hills of it, Anna, much like Simeon, right, we've been here before in the story, Anna, like Simeon, is, is sort of um, brought into the pages of Luke's story as a kind of reliable and, and faithful witness to what is happening and, and who uh, this is, who this baby is is, right? We've, we've, we've been through all the sort of grand Christmas stories of angelic visitations, all these kinds of things, shepherds, all these incredible things, and now we're, we're in the heart of sort of the place in which God has made us home with his people. We're in the temple, we're, we're, we're sort of in the heart of things, this Jewish family dutifully following the Jewish laws and customs, and in this moment they bump into Simeon, and now Anna, and, 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 and each of them a voice, a kind of reliable and faithful witness that all that you've experienced in this story, let us sort of help you see what is happening here. We, we see it with, with Anna uh, from the get-go, right? He, he's, Luke is careful to situate her in her history, in her heritage, right? In verse 36, there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. Now, whatever we make of the particulars, probably as you're reading a story or reading scripture, maybe reading it devotionally, looking for something to apply to your life in the present moment, these are not typically the places we go. And if you're like me, you just kind of skirt through quickly over these kinds of details because they're too specific in some sense. But, but we, 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 we just want to suggest to you this morning as we hold them that the first move Luke is making here is, you've been here before, he's situating her in a very long history and heritage. The story of God's work in his people, the people of Israel. She is a part of that story, and it's been a long one, right? He he situates her in, in this story as a reliable and faithful. Witness, but not just sort of her sort of grand history. Luke gives us a little bit of her personal history, right? Like, like yes, she's a part of this sort of big ongoing thing that existed before her, that now she's a part of. But her own life has its own ups and downs. We read Luke tells us she was advanced in years. Such a beautiful euphemism, I guess. You know, like, uh, better than saying well she was old. You know, I don't know. Um, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. And in this moment, pulls us into like she has a personal story, too. There's some discussion over sort of the 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 nature of those numbers. Had she been is she eighty four years old, or had she been a widow for eighty four years? Regardless, the point is like she has a long personal history. in this case, full of grief. right? well what 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 had filled those spaces in her? life. Luke draws us into not just the truth that she's a part of this existing story of God's work, but that she has a personal sort of history and story here. Not just, not just her heritage and her own story, but as a part of that personal life, we get a sense for her faith as well. Luke, it's beautiful. He's so concise, but he draws us into all these uh, kind of nuances. He says, he tells us, so we know she's a a part of God's people. We know she's lived a while and experienced ups and downs in life. And and now we discover that in the midst of all that, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. I mean, you read a sentence like that, and immediately I'm, I'm just like, she's like a super saint, right no one I know is well, some people but people aren't generally like that right I mean this is she is exceptional in her faithfulness here it's it's beautiful and and uh intense provocative even as you read her example The the sense in Luke's gospel we'll you know we'll pick up fasting for example on the pages of Luke's gospel some have observed that fasting is a kind of protest it, it's a confession that, like, something is broken in the world and, and in need of God's intervention. And so there's this move into fasting. And you get the sense in which, for Anna, as she looks around in the, the history of her big story, but also the ups and downs of her personal and private life, that the fasting, confessing, protesting the things that are broken in the world as she has experienced them. It's a beautiful picture. And then it finishes... Uh, Finishes with this kind of witness, this beautiful witness. So she comes in, right, Uh, coming up at that very hour. Luke is precise. What I think that phrase is certainly meant to indicate. This is not just sort of like a fortuitous like meeting, right? There's providential uh, work here. This moment with Simeon holding, taking up the baby Jesus. The family there. Simeon announcing God's work, and, and at this particular moment, Anna is drawn up in this story. And as she's caught up in it, as she sees this baby, maybe she reaches a wrinkled hand out and, and, and it just, you know, caresses that infant head and, and, and says, Luke tells us in that moment, she began to give thanks to God, to speak of him to all who were waiting for redemption. It's a ah, beautiful image. I love the way that sort of paraphrase the New Living Translation says, She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God. To rescue, to rescue Jerusalem. I, I wonder, as we sit with the story, right, if this isn't a bit of like the deja vu kind of space. We've been here before. We were here with Simeon, waiting, waiting, waiting. And we're here again, Anna, waiting expectantly for God to rescue. Waiting, waiting for God. To rescue, waiting, waiting. I, I wonder this morning if Anna isn't a word. This story as Luke it gives it to us, a word of hope to people who maybe even in our community still have been here before. Maybe. I think, I think we could step into the feeling as we did last week in a few different ways. Uh, the feeling of, of, of waiting. Right? It's a beautiful moment, Anna. Anna and an infant Jesus. I I wonder, right, as she as she as she enters the scene in Luke's gospel. So much history. Right? Like Luke has told us her grand history, her personal history and she comes into this moment. I wonder how much heartache did did her history hold. A widow for decades and how much deferred hope was sort of hidden in those 80 years as she comes face to face with the infant. Every wrinkled line, a story of her joy and her grief, of waiting and worrying, of celebrating and laughing. Tastes of future hopes that things would be better, but also reminders of present brokenness. Every wrinkled line telling a story. Reminders as she comes into this moment. Perhaps stories that prompt her to protest and fast. I wonder as she comes into this scene and is caught up, oh, this baby, I wonder how much monotony had been a part of her life. Decades of showing up again and again and again to the temple, aching for rescue, seeing no change. All of that comes into this moment with an infant, Jesus, who's been announced by angels in the hills, whose parents have been visited by angels, cousins, I mean, grand stories and here in this moment, all of that. all of that anticipation. I read recently or was reminded of a, a Charlie Brown story, uh, where you know he says, "Sometimes I lie awake at night and I ask, "Where have I gone wrong?" And then a voice says to me, "This is going to take more than one night." Right? I, I don't know, right? Like in, in, in Anna's story, maybe it's different for you. Maybe it's more personal. Where, where have I gone wrong? Why, why has the world gone so wrong? How has it all gone so uh, wrong? Waiting, waiting. Maybe you wake up. It's a little bit different. Maybe, maybe you wake up to the monotony that uh, perhaps was a part of Anna's life. Endless days, each new day, same as the last. And maybe it's not a sudden going wrong, like Charlie Brown, right? Maybe it's not a sudden thing. Maybe it's a slow and gradual thing, and you've woken up one morning and suddenly realize you are further from where you thought you would be, and you're wondering, like, waiting. When, when will things be different? Maybe you don't even know what you're waiting for. And a new waiting for God to rescue I think sometimes I read a story like this, and I think it's a, I I do think it's a, it it is an appropriate application, but we want to read a story like this, and and I want to say things like, man, be a faithful witness like Anna. Yes, we need those people, and we will, we will uh, give sort of honor to those things in just a moment. Sure, that's here, but I, I, I just want to be clear on the front end. That is not what I think Luke gives us in this story. Yes, it's a part of it. How do you age well? right? How do you live your faith faithfully uh, uh, on into life? How are you to live faithfully as a a witness? All of those things are here, but I, I, I do not think that is primarily where she or Luke would have you and I to look this morning. I think the story is about where she's pointing more than how you may want to emulate her life. It's about where She's pointing, look here, she says, to anyone who will listen, anyone else who is waiting, look here, God is at work in this one. She draws your attention and mine, anyone looking for rescue, look here, God is at work in Jesus, in this baby. Now, like Simeon, she's caught up in a story, right? Baby and widow here in this moment, innocence and experiences, it's a beautiful moment. I think of all the church ladies in my life and history, pinching infant cheeks or rocking little ones, right? It's a beautiful moment. Here we are, Anna caught up in it, it's saying, look here. Anyone looking for help and rescue, look here. I don't know, man. All of that hope and expectation, all of those years of history that she brings into this moment, Caught up in the crying of this baby. I'm sure she was caught up, right? Caught short. I wonder, like Simeon, was there a moment of like, <gasps> did she catch her, her breath? Uh, you know, did she know? I don't know. Did she know? Was she like, why? I, I get a sense like God is uniquely here somewhere in the building? I, I don't know. But, but she comes into this moment, sees this family, perhaps sees Simeon holding this one, and she's, she's caught up. And I wonder, does she catch her breath? I wonder if in that moment her eyes glisten for, for just a moment. A moment are they wet with decades of tears that have been dammed up behind years of waiting walls of waiting do her eyes get wet in this moment glistening maybe they do but I think something else happens and Luke it's it's just like a hint they, they might get wet but somewhere in all of those tears there's a there's a hint of a spark a glint in Anna's eye of joy of joy 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 in this moment she's she leaves this encounter and, and and it tells anyone else who is waiting there is something uniquely different about what god is doing in this one baby here look here she says look here god is at work for you in jesus Look here, she says, This there is a hint of, of, of joy. I'm sure there's relief, like Simeon, perhaps, and exhale all of these years looking for rescue. And here in this moment, she, kept, she catches a, a glimpse of it, but no doubt a, a gleam of joy as well. If you'll indulge the sort of imaginations of uh, my imaginations this morning, I I do wonder, you know, this is this is all extra. I read a story like this and I'm like, well, what happened next for Anna? Right? Like, it's this beautiful moment. We get this glimpse and then she leaves the pages. But I, I, I wonder uh, what, what, it, what it looked like next. I mean, how many times has she walked this route in the temple? Come into this place carrying all of her expectations, all the hopes deferred hopes, all of those things. There are probably days when her hope would, would wax and wane, right? You know, I, I'm sure she's human, right? She'd come in alive and sometimes probably empty. And in this particular day, she sees Jesus There's a moment of gratitude and worship, a recognition God is rescuing me and us here. But then she had to wake up again the next day. Right? She still had to wake up to Herod and all that he would do with the infancy. She still had to wake up to Rome, right? For, for the foreseeable future, like, I, I don't imagine at this stage of her life she saw the sort of end of the story in that respect. I wonder. So her life's still characterized by waiting. Again, it's just my imagination sanctified or no, so you take it or leave it. But I, I wonder, right? Like, if she had lived long enough, and had to face Good Friday. What the feeling would have been. Like, I wonder what the feeling would have been. Would her soul have been pierced also? Like we read last week. Would, what, what would the feeling have been waiting for so long? All of that expectation in this moment. But then the resurrection. I wonder what her experience of the resurrection would have been all those tears coming back at the same time, that glint of joy that she had tasted so long before. I I don't know. Again, it's all just conjecture, this bit. But I do think it draws us into a bit of what I want us to consider is happening in this moment in the story. Anna, with her lived history, and the big story of which she's a part comes into this moment. No doubt she knew the feelings of deja vu. We've been here before. Probably felt it in that moment. Expectations growing, ebbing and flowing. Maybe you feel it this morning. I think there's a few ways you can step into that feeling. One is like maybe you're here and the feeling of waiting resonates with you. And it's word to you and me if you're in that place is the same look here God is at work for you and Jesus maybe your life is full of its own wrinkles of faith lines filled with grief and joy hopes deferred or fulfilled all those kinds of stories and histories and you're sort of in this moment and that feeling in this passage of waiting resonates with you I've been here before but, but I, I think maybe there's another group of us in the room who maybe y- you recognize a feeling in this room of just faithfully showing up. But the word to you is the same. Look here, God is at work for you in Jesus. Maybe in our community, right, like faithful saints, you've lived storied lives, intimately familiar with your own sort of highs and lows and joys and griefs. Every time you show up in our community, you say to anyone who will listen, anyone waiting for rescue, look here. God is at work for you in Jesus. I'm thankful for that witness in my own life in our community here. Maybe you've held an infant, chased a toddler maybe even spoken to grown adults who are in the middle of their own waiting and grieving trying to live faith and every interaction of that sort, every moment of your presence in our community, a declaration like Anna's. Look here. God is a work in Jesus for you. Well, one more group of people. I, I think maybe you could step into the feelings of deja vu. And that's if you're kind of like in a place in your faith journey where it's a distant sort of memory, and maybe you're coming back to it, maybe stepping back into things that feel familiar because they had been a part of your life maybe way back, maybe recently, uh, but still they feel distant and you come into a place like this, like this feels familiar, you have experiences and feelings of deja vu, but but on the other side it's, you know, just a little uncomfortable. The word to you is the same. Look here, God is at work for you in Jesus. I, I read a description uh, just this week for something else about the church. And they were using these images, kind of the history of the church. And uh, One image was a hospital, particularly in places where church and state sort of have been married together. So the church can kind of function and, and the culture, whether or not they choose to engage in it, can just assume it will be taken care of. It will be there. It, essentially, the author was making the point, it will be there when we need it like a hospital. Someone keeps it running. Got important people doing that sort of thing over there, but I generally try to avoid it, right? But I need to know it's there if I need it. I'm not endorsing that as a view of the church, but I don't know, man. There's a bit of grace in that picture for you and me that Anna's story is a reminder, not of our faithfulness, of God's, that God is at work in Jesus for. You, that whenever you show up, when, whenever you or your friends may show up to a life of faith, the, the word is the same. God is at work for you in Jesus. That God, it's, it's a beautiful picture, right? That God is preserving his story in the world. All the other characters of the story, the world just kind of going on as it would go. And here is this beautiful picture of Anna and this infant. A reminder to you that whenever you show up, the truth is the same. God is at work for you in Jesus. I'll close with sort of this last, I don't know, anticlimactic observation. This is how the passage ends. And when they had performed, they being the family, Jesus and his parents, when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And what a resolution. He goes like, sweet, really brought it home there, Matt, right? I don't know, it just feels so nonchalant, just kind of like, this is the end of this section, but it's a bookend. In Luke's narrative, we, we didn't read it this week, but the, this section begins with the same observation. Here's this family following the law, just doing what they know to do. And we hear echoes again of the promise that will come much later in the New Testament, the other side of Jesus' death and resurrection. Paul will say that in this baby, he would come as one under the law to rescue to rescue all of us under the law. I don't know where you are in that experience of deja vu this morning or how you may relate to those feelings, but I hope you will hear. As we close with communion, a final song, and then a benediction, you will hear this word from the story of Anna. Look here. God is at work for you. In Jesus. Will you stand? Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at Park City KC.